Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. This week, we welcome the guest speaker to share a message with us. The following episode was recorded live during our Sunday service. Well, anyway, it's so good to be with you all again this morning. We've said it over and over again. Good morning. Pastor Tim and Pastor Susan send their blessings and greetings to you this morning. They got to celebrate their oldest son, Garrett, got married yesterday. He also had a birthday yesterday. I think that just helps him remember his anniversary date, you know. Smart guy, but uh, they're down there in Texas celebrating with their family, and they send their greetings. We miss them today, but I'm so excited that they got all their family, their family from the East Coast is in, and, and so just blessings upon them today as they're down there. So I'm so proud of our Next Gen ministry. They have served you well this morning, from the coffee and donuts, greeting you on your way in to our worship team. I was so proud of them, our our amazing announcement duo, our grace story. Everything has been about our next-gen kids this morning. So will you thank them again one more time for how they've served you? I'm super proud of them, and I am super, super honored to be the next-gen pastor here. I absolutely love it, love getting to serve with them. So that's what this Sunday is all about. It's our next-gen Sunday, our youth Sunday. So we have our kids in here, first through fifth graders, maybe a couple of ones that are younger than that. I just want you to know it's okay that they make noise, all right? Like, I I got ADD too, so, you know, I'm all over the place. They're not going to bother me. We're glad that they're in here. I have a shorter message for us this morning, so we just want to speak blessing over them. But as I knew I wanted to speak to you this morning, I wanted to take a topic that we talk about a lot, but sometimes we, we, we do the right thing, but maybe sometimes we don't know a good way to do it. And that topic is prayer. All right, so I want to just take a, a couple of minutes this morning to talk about what is a good way to pray for others. I mean, we say that all the time, yeah, I'll pray for you, yeah, I'll pray for you. I mean, who's ever said that before, that you'll pray for someone? Who's ever said they'll pray for someone and not pray? No, you can push your hands down, okay. All right, I mean, we've all been there before, but it's something that is super important. It's something that needs to be done, but it needs to be done in a good way, a positive way. Right? There are some things that we do that we know it needs to be done, but we don't do it in a good way. The last time we had a youth service, it was back in October. And I was so excited about it, so excited for our, our youth to lead the service that Sunday, and so excited to be a part of that. But I wasn't here. I wasn't here because I was at home sick. Pastor Tim had given me graciously the bad cold that he had earlier in the week. And so I got it towards the tail end of the week, and I was down for the count. I couldn't breathe. I had zero energy. So it was just like, I guess I won't be there at you Sunday. So I'm really excited about today. But it was during that weekend, I was home, I was sick, I I was miserable, you know, like, I I feel like men are so worse at being sick than women are. Like, my wife still has all the energy in the world, or at least she still takes care of our kids. Like me, I just want to lay down on the couch and not do anything, right? And I guess it's just a guy thing. But I'm laying there on the couch, it's Saturday evening, I have zero energy, and we have a washer and dryer room and a bathroom just off of of our living room and no one was in there no one had used it or anything like that and I'm laying on the couch watching tv and all of a sudden I hear all this bubbling I'm like that doesn't sound very good like this shouldn't be happening so I, I I get out of the couch I go over there turn the light on 
and there's all these bubbles rising up from the toilet. I'm like, this shouldn't be happening. Like, no, nothing is going on here. There hasn't been anything done. Like, what, what's going on? So I, I turn off the water, and the water just starts rising and rising and rising. I'm like, oh, no, this is not good at all. So I think, what, what am I supposed to do here? So I think the only thing that comes to my mind, I go get a bucket, all right? And I'm like, I got to get the water out of here and into another place. So I take the bucket, I dip it into the toilet, and I dump it down the sink. In the toilet, down the sink. In the toilet, down the sink, which I later found out did absolutely nothing. Because apparently the drains lead all to the same place. So I kept just feeding over and over the water source. And it was like for 20 minutes, you know, I could not keep up with it. I'm sick. I have zero energy. I'm about to pass out. I later find out that it was the cable company digging lines, crushed our sewer pipe, caused the big backup. Thank you, cable company. Um, and it was just absolutely miserable. So you know what? I was trying to do the right thing, right? Like I'm trying to scoop that water out, but I was doing it in a not good way. I was just circle of life, just over and over again. Water goes in, water comes out. And it was just a miserable, miserable experience. But it taught me a great lesson, right? Because so many times we have the right mindset we know what needs to be done. And sometimes we just need practical tips for how to do things the right way or a good way. Now, I just want to share with us this morning on prayer. And this, you know, it's not the right way because there's many ways to pray. But I want to take a prayer from Paul, you know, and just share with us just a, a couple of ways that when you say you pray for someone, when we say we want to pray for others... These are just a few steps that we can do in a good way to pray for others. One of my favorite quotes for prayer comes from an old theologian named E.M. Bounds. Here's what he said about prayer. He said, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, nor new organizations or more or novel methods, but people whom the Holy Spirit can use, people of prayer. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through people. He does not come on machinery, but on people. He does not anoint plans, but people, people of prayer. I want to be a person of prayer. I want it to be an, a, a huge part of my life, and that's what I pray for us too as a church, as Grace Church, as ones that pray for each other on a daily and constant basis. And so I want to take, and we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1 this morning, verses 9 through 11, and I just, Paul was an amazing prayer. Like he had all these churches that he was overseeing, and so he just took the time to pray over these in his different books that he read, these different letters that he wrote to these churches. And so this is just one of them. It comes from Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. Here's what he said. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy." So from this, there are four different things, and it's in your grace guide if you want to follow along. But just really quickly this morning, I'm, I promise I'm not going to speak long because I know we've got kids in here. But I just want to give us four encouragements of how we can pray for other people 
from this verse, from this prayer that Paul showed us. So the first thing this morning is this. When praying for others, we want to pray that they understand the will of God for their life. Pray that they would understand the will of God for their life. Now we had three recent college graduates up here, you know, I remember being 16, 17, 18 in that stage of life and a little older, and God's will was a big deal at that point. You guys know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, what should I do after I graduate? You know, what's God's will for me? Am I supposed to go to college? Am I supposed to go to trade school? You know, who am I supposed to marry? Like, all this stuff. And, and you know, as Christians, a lot of times as believers, we, we try to, like, over-spiritualize the most mundane things. Like, like, God, what's your will? Crest or Colgate? You know, like, what should I do today? You know, just brush your teeth is what he would say. Like, it's not about the toothpaste, it's about the act, right? And so all these different things, they, they cloud our minds, and we're so focused on God's will. And yet here's what God's will is. He says, my will for you is to live a surrendered life, that your heart would be surrendered towards me, that your hands would be open, that your palms would be up, and just follow hard after me. See, so many times we, we want God's will to just be this speck on the wall. Something so specific. Something so just like down to the last detail. And yet that's not how God works a lot. Because he gives us this great gift called free will. But what his will is for us is to follow hard after him 100%. To live lives that are surrendered to him in every way, shape, and form. To live with our hands open, our palms up, and say, God, whatever you want for me to do today, that's what I want to do. And so when we do that, when we follow hard after him, when we're surrendered to him, his will doesn't become a specific dot on the wall. His will then becomes the whole wall. He says, you can go to college here and still be in my will. You can get a job here and still be in my will. You can move from Boston, Massachusetts to Springfield, Missouri and still be in my will. I give you the freedom to do that because it's all about a heart of surrender. It's all about a life that says, Jesus, my life is yours. Whatever you want from me, I just choose to walk in that on a daily basis. Not once a year, not every five years, but today. Lord Jesus, where do you have me go? What would you have me do? How do you want me to surrender to you? One of the most famous verses, a popular verse that we've heard over and over again in our lives if you've grown up in church, but it's so applicable to this whole idea of staying in God's will and surrender to him is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And here's what the author says. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. He will be the one to make your path straight as you surrender to him. So I can't think of a better way to pray for people right off the bat is that God, that he would understand what it means to live in your will. And it's a life of surrender. It's a life that says, my heart is open, my palms are up, my hands are open. God, whatever way you see fit, whatever direction you point my life, that's what I want to do today. So pray that their will, pray that they would understand the will of God for their life. The second thing this morning is that they would pray, we would pray that their walk with God would be pleasing. Pray that their walk with God would be pleasing. Now, every believer, every follower of Jesus 
has a walk with God. Now, some are stagnant. Some go backwards sometimes. Some are all in and they follow hard after God. But every believer has a walk with God. And God says, I want to have that walk with you. We used to sing that old hymn growing up, you know, in the garden. I come to the garden alone and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Right? It's a great song, a great hymn. And it's just that whole idea of walking with Jesus. Now, we have someone on our staff, Mona, who loves reading through the genealogies in the Bible. Anyone else in here like reading through the genealogies in the Bible? It's, it's a great thing. I don't like doing it because I can't pronounce 75% of the names, but it's a good thing. And in those genealogies, there's so many good nuggets in there. There's so many cool little tidbits that you, would, you wouldn't find unless you were reading it. And if you skim over it, you're going to miss it sometime. But in the genealogy in Genesis... It talks about this man named Enoch. Who's ever heard of Enoch before? All right. And in the Bible, in Genesis, it says this about Enoch, that Enoch walked and talked with God every day. Like it meant something to the writer of Genesis to say, Enoch, he walked and talked with God every day. It was important to him. Anyone remember what happened to Enoch? He just... Went away. God lifted him up. He's out walking and talking with God one day and says, Enoch, I just want you with me, bro. Like, he just scoops him up and brings him up to heaven with him, and he didn't die. Like, it's just this crazy story. And I'm just like, that's pretty cool. I want a relationship with God just like that. To be known as one that walks and talks with God every day. Now, I'm not guaranteeing you that if you walk and talk with God every day, that God's going to snatch you up like Enoch. All right? It probably won't happen. As a matter of fact, I think it only happened once, right? So chances are it probably won't happen to you, but it, God desires a relationship with us to be able to walk with him. So when you pray for others, we pray that they would be in God's word. If you were here a week or two ago, Jackie Hawks had an amazing grace story. If you were not here for that, you can find them on our website or on our, or on our app. And she talks about the importance of God's word in her life. It was a great, great story. And we need to pray for each other that we would be in God's word. You know, this thing is not just words on a page, right? This is living and breathing and active in our lives and in our hearts. And God has something for us every day. He has something for you every day as you pursue him. Get in his word. Pray for other people that they would be in his word. Pray that they would have a, their own worship time with Jesus. I love getting to do worship with these students on, on Sunday morning. It's the joy of my life. It's one of my things I, I absolutely love. And I love having my own worship time with Jesus. You know why? Because that mic was on mute for a reason this morning when I was singing. All right? Because it ain't no perfect noise. But you know what? God doesn't ask for a perfect noise. What kind of a noise does he ask for? Joyful. A joyful noise. So it doesn't matter what I sound like when I'm by myself. I grab my guitar and I just get to worship Jesus and it's just he and I, you know, and I just encourage you, even if you don't play an instrument, that's okay. You got a voice, right? You can sing. You may say, I can't sing, and it doesn't matter. I can't sing either, you know, but you get to spend that time with Jesus. There's something about worship that just draws us in and draws us closer to him and allows us to open up our hearts and our spiritual ears to receive from him, 
So as we pray for people that their walk with God would be pleasing, we're praying that they're in His Word, that they're pursuing Him, that they're worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. You know, and so if we know that if their walk before God is pleasing, they will have a huge impact for the kingdom of God. And that's something that we want to strive for. So we pray that their walk with God would be pleasing. Third thing, we pray that their work for God would be productive. That their work for God would be productive. So after we pray that their walk with God would be pleasing, we need to take the next step and pray that their work for God would be productive. Do you guys know what our job as believers, as followers of Jesus is? Every single one of us has it. And Jesus said it to his disciples and followers right before he's about to ascend up into heaven. You know, he spent 33 years on this earth. He died, rose again three days later, spent 40 days down here, and he's about to go away. And he's speaking important things to his followers, and he says this, Go. Go into all the world. Go into the towns around you. Go into all the world and share with them the good news. Teach them all that I have commanded you. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is known as the Great Commission. Right? Anyone ever heard that term before, the Great Commission? But if you look at the American church a lot nowadays, I would submit to you that sometimes it's become the Great Omission. Like we, we've forgotten about it. Because we're, we've gotten really good at taking care of ourselves in our walls and in our groups. And yet God the whole time he's saying, I want you to go. We can't be a light to others if we're not there where light needs to be. Right? You know, if we just spend time with each other, if we just spend time in our church groups and with like-minded believers and like-minded friends, you know, it's about as good as a flashlight on a sunny day. It's not going to make much difference. But God calls us to go. He calls us to be his light in the world. And God has uniquely created every single one of you. It's what we're going to be talking to our kids about at Kids Fest this year. But God has uniquely created you. And I would submit to you that every single one of you has a spiritual gift, has a gift from the Holy Spirit. I believe that with all my heart because it's a promise. And I would venture to say that most of you have multiple gifts of the Holy Spirit, multiple gifts that God has given you, not for yourselves, but for the benefit of others. But here's another thing that I know is true, is that no one besides you has the circle of influence that you have. No one besides you has the circle of influence that you have. And that is your mission field. That is who God has called you to go and be a light. That is where God has called you to go and take the good news. That is where God has called you to go and teach them all that we have learned from him. That is our work. And every single one of you have gifts. This is what Paul you know, told the Roman church. He said, having gifts, Romans chapter 12, having gifts that defer according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Every single one of us in this room have a gift from God, multiple. Find out what it is and use it. Use that circle of influence that God has blessed you with. Your family, your neighbors, the people that you work with. God is using you and calling you to be a light. 
And so when we pray for others, we pray that their work for God would be productive, that their light would shine brightly to everyone that they're around. And finally this morning, we pray that they would grow in their knowledge of God. Pray that they would grow in their knowledge of God. Now, my wife was here first service. I liked my wife a lot earlier than what she liked me. All right? So I had to learn, you know, everything there was to know about her because I wanted, you know, I wanted to get to know her. I wanted to know who she was. I wanted to know what she liked, what her ambitions were, what her favorite candy bar was, what her favorite flowers were, you know. And how did I do that? By spending time with her, you know, by, by, by getting to know her and, and just trying to do everything that I could to learn all I could about her. I finally, eventually, after a year and a half, you know, like broke her down and finally got her to look past this mug, you know, and see the end part of me, you know, and, and we got married. In case you didn't know, it was awesome. Um, celebrate 15 years this year. But you know what? We, we pursue things that we want to learn, right? Like if we have a, a desire to learn something, we're like, we'll go all in on learning about that thing. We want to pray for others that they would grow in their knowledge of Jesus. So we pray that they would pursue Jesus, that they would spend time with him. And I know that's a reoccurring theme. It's, you know, we pray that their walk with God would be pleasing. We pray that their lives would be surrendered. This is another one, that they would spend time with God. But God doesn't want to keep himself. He's not one that's trying to hide himself. He's not playing peekaboo with us, right? Like he wants to show himself to us. He wants to give us himself in everything that he does, now, we won't ever fully comprehend that because he's an infinite God. But he's like, I want you to know me. I have revealed myself to you. There's a beautiful you know, verse in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. He says this. He says, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. So in everything that we see you know, we see God's hand. We see his nature. Everything that he wants to show us in his word, we can perceive about his nature and his love for us. Yesterday we had a, a gift to go to Top of the Rock and do the golf cart tour through Top of the Rock. It was absolutely breathtaking to see God's creation. Working out in California, I had several opportunities to go to Yosemite National Forest. Absolutely breathtaking. One of my favorite things to do is fly, and my favorite moment is when we get through the clouds and we get right above, and then you see this vast expanse of blue and white, and it just goes on and on and on, and every time I am filled with awe and wonder at the beauty of God's creation and understand just a little bit more about his nature, he's revealing himself to us. He wants to show us himself. It's not a secret. So we pray for each other that we would understand and grow in the knowledge of God. That's a beautiful prayer to pray for others. So as we do that, that's just a simple encouragement to you from Colossians chapter 1. So when we say we pray for each other, when you say you're going to pray for someone, this is a good footprint. This is a good blueprint. It's not the only way. It's not the only right way, but it is a good way that we would pray that they would understand the will of God for their lives that their walk with God would be pleasing, that their work for God would be productive, and that they would grow in their knowledge of God. Good things, amen?
I'm going to have my youth, I have four youth coming up here and we're going to speak a blessing over you. But will you stand up with me? I want to pray over you. And then our youth are going to close out our service by speaking a blessing over you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. Thank you for these students that have served so well. Lord God, I, I, I thank you for them and the gifts that you've given them. I thank you for every single gift that's represented in this room, Lord Jesus. Lord God, you have equipped them. Lord God, you have made yourself known. Lord God, you give us the mandate to pray for one another. I pray that we would take that seriously and that this would just be an encouragement for us on how to pray for each other, that we would pray God's will for their lives, that we would pray that their walk before you would be pleasing and your, their work would be productive and that they would grow in their knowledge of you. Lord Jesus, help us to do that. Help us to do that. Help us to live those lives that are sold out for you in everything that we say and do. We love you so much, and it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. And this is the point in the service where Pastor Tim usually speaks a blessing over you, so I thought it would be cool for our students to speak a blessing over you. So would you, in an act of faith, just hold your hands out and receive the blessing that these students have for you? pray that they will understand the will of God for their lives and truly and in all things surrender their hearts towards him and live their lives with their hearts and hands open. I pray that your walk with the Lord will be pleasing and that you will pursue him with all of your heart as you go into his word, prayer, and worship. I pray that you will grow in your knowledge of God, spend time with him, look around, and see, much, see how much he reveals himself to you. I pray that your work for God will be productive and that in everything you do and say, you will be pointing people to Jesus and extending grace one relationship at a time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. We trust that this teaching made a difference in your life. If you'd like more information about giving your life to Jesus, email us at info at grace417.com. That's I-N-F-O at grace417.com. We pray you have a blessed day.